So you don't really hear the term big data generically anymore. It's really more around like, okay, what am I trying to solve? What's my business? What's my vertical? Right. What's my use case? And there are point solutions for that that you can use as a service off of public clouds like Amazon or Microsoft. So the complexities of trying to collect and manage and store all this data are now gone. It's really more around using these services in the cloud, which are much more like easily accessible, right? And so the market still exists. It just exists in a different light. Welcome to Innovation Talks. Join us weekly as we discuss with distinguished industry guests how to refine and improve corporate innovation and new product development. Hosted by Paul Heller, Sophion Chief Evangelist. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the show. Thanks for joining us again. I hope you're all having a great week out there. You know, as companies transform from tangible products to maybe physical digital or digital-only products, they need to develop a whole set of skills and capabilities. And one of those capabilities and skills they need is to be able to operate in the cloud digitally. And that's where our guest today fits in. So I'd like to welcome to the show Jeff Iben. He's with Riverpoint Technology, and we'll find out soon who that is. Jeff, welcome to the show. Thanks, Paul. Pleasure, Pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, glad you could join us. And where are you joining us from? So I am in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Gray skies of fall rolling in. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess summer's crept by real quick. We didn't know. Yeah, it happens quick. <laughs> happens quick. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you joined us, Jeff. Now, just let's start with what Riverpoint Technology is about. What do, What do you guys do? You founded that company as a startup in 2011, right? I did. Founded in 2011. At the time. It was really focused, we call cloud-born, but it was really when the cloud really started to come to market and organizations were really starting to struggle with what it meant and just saw an opportunity to help that from a consultative standpoint, but then invariably you know, enable that from a technology side as well. It was very early, AWS from Amazon was really the only cloud in the market. Azure from Microsoft was still in an incubator stage. And uh, Google really just had their apps like G Gmail and Office applications. So it was really early in the market. And uh, it's, it's, it's interesting to see how over those years, the market has progressed and where the adoption is at this point comparatively to 11 years ago. But, you know, founded it to focus on emerging technology and helping customers tackle that challenge really is, is kind of what we started for. Yeah, great, great. And uh, what were some of the early challenges you faced as a startup? Market timing was a big one. It was really early. And what I found was we typically arrive at the market as an emerging technology provider. We typically, I found a trend. We're about three years before the market adopts. <laughs> so <laughs> okay. we develop all that experience. And, but by the time a, an average enterprise is ready to consume is about three years after we bring it into our portfolio, which is typical. I mean, you know, customers or organizations have a lot of, in, you know, investment and assets that they just, you know, can't pivot so quickly to. You know, so it ultimately has to find the right business value, has to get adoption in the market. Nobody really wants to be first, right? So they want to right. you know, see what others are doing. So you kind of get through that early adopter phase. And when it hits mainstream, 
you know, it's a pretty typical cycle we see of, of a few years once technology. I always say it's 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 interesting. You know, we're in Pittsburgh, flyover country. The reality of the adoption of technology is certainly much different than that of what Silicon Valley puts to market. <laughs> you know, yeah. they, they paint the mark, they paint the direction, paint Nirvana, but the reality is, you know, what happens on the streets typically lag behind that. So, so yeah, it's pretty interesting. Pretty interesting to, to witness. Yeah, I guess it, it's not so great to be three years ahead, but it's sure better than be three <laughs> years behind, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, sometimes it's tough because you spend more time educating than actually yeah. uh, implementing. But you know, it's uh, sure. but we've done a better job through you know our methodology to to kind of condense that time in terms of what when we bring something to market for our customers and when they're ready to actually utilize it. So that's been part of the learnings of innovation that, you know, we've gone through is, you know, it's not all about the technology. And that was really how we entered in about 11 years ago, okay. mm-hmm. tech first. And that was, you know, probably one of the biggest learnings was just, you know, really has to incorporate all the legs of the stool with process and resources and culture and the technology all working in concert. And that's kind of ultimately what we find works versus just, you know, bringing in new tech for the sake of technology. Yeah, I'm hearing a lot lot more companies are talking that way, you know, really realizing that you have to move away from technology first and really understand what's the, what's the problem you're trying to solve, how are you trying to, where's your value points. If, if you think about, I mean, I just, the change in your space over 10 years has been so massive, so tremendous, not only not only what the cloud is, but but who's who the players are and who's using it and how companies are interacting. As I get out talking to companies, all these companies are trying to transform into digital, right? Many of them have crossed the barrier already or there, but you know, things like like operating in the cloud, DevOps, all of those kind of techniques are things that they have to develop. So if they're sitting in this space with lots and lots of technologies coming at them. And to choose from, as you mentioned, it used to be just like one. Now there's so many and they have to all work together. What's the answer? How do they approach that? Yeah, great question. And then there's probably two parts to that answer. So the first one, what we've done is defined a methodology we call value, value creation technology. I actually have a book coming out on this topic. The book talks about the process we use with our customers. Ultimately, the first phase is just when you're choosing technology, you really need to go through, you know, the checklist of items that we do. So it's really a go, no go kind of situation. We, what we find are a lot of organizations go into what I call science projects. They'll look, there's, they hear about a new technology, you know, it's like a shiny object in the room, right? Yeah. (laughs) But they spend a lot of cycles without really understanding what the business value is or how they would incorporate that into their organization. Could they even really leverage it or adopt it? There's a lot of those types of challenges. So, you know, we ultimately, have our customers not progress past that stage unless they can answer all the questions that we propose. Moving from that, we call what we call our incubate phase, which is really taking small wins, like working with the business, defining the business-driven outcome and aligning that to the technology or the, the solution that's being proposed to determine and derive if we can gain some business value that's quantifiable, not just necessarily something loose, but is there quantifiable business impact to incorporating this solution and taking those, those wins 
And that's what ultimately starts getting others in the organization to take notice. And that's what helps to build the cultural awareness and cultural acceptance and take those small wins. In the old days, we used to have massive projects. Like it could be a massive database project. It could be a massive, you know, the organization just billions of dollars. And at the end of the day, there was no real value. So there are a lot of failed, there's a lot of failed technology initiatives and in, in the market that, that are still fresh in people's minds, right? So there's a little bit of, you know, risk aversion that we call it to, uh, to take these kinds of steps. But then ultimately, how do we scale that in an organization? It's great if we get a win in a pocket, but how do we take that and really have meaningful impact to the business. And that's, you know, there's, and again, it goes back to what I mentioned earlier. It has to incorporate all four, you know, legs of the stool, the technology, the process, the culture, and the people. And how do we do that? And that's really the, you know, the process that we take them through to be able to, um, you know, have success or like have a better opportunity for success. And, you know, there's a, and so that, that, that's typically how we do it. I, I can, I can point to an example years ago. Yeah. Big data was in the market and everybody wanted to use all this new, all these new digital data sources. We call it unstructured data for, you know, to help the business be smarter with customers or, you know, operational side, you know, whatever it might be. And we were in a global steel manufacturer and we were really trying to take them backward to like, okay, what business problem are we solving? And what is the impact to the business? How can we quantify that? And all they wanted to do was jump into the technology field. I, had, you know, I think their chief architect put up the vendor landscape on the table and there's like 50 vendors on it. I'm like, where can you help us? And I'm like, I'm not helping you with that, right? So we, unless we take a step, <laughs> choose not to engage. Because you can spend all day, to your point, looking at vendors, vetting. It, it'll, it'll consume you, right? Those are the science projects that ultimately don't lead to success. And it, that same customer invariably ended up hiring a data scientist because that was the new hot role back in the day. But it didn't really have an idea what that person would do other than slice apart the data. So it just really went nowhere, right? It just wasted a couple of years and a lot of money. And you know, so it's just it's an example of like taking that step backward, defining that business outcome, getting more aligned to the business. And that's ultimately what our business does. We bridge the gap between the technologists and the business and kind of break down those silos and, and the communication gaps that exist, you know, because there's a lot of there's a lot of reasons for that. But you know, at the end of the day, that's that's what we've seen work. And that's, you know, through a lot of experience of having failures as well as successes with customers. So, you know, it's not just you know something we, we coined on our own. Sure, sure. But you've structured that approach, all those points in there into the value creation technology. I'm glad you're writing a book on it. So that'll be fun to see. Boy, you used the term in there. I haven't heard, you know, this term, it was on everybody's mind and lips, big data. And now that's not that long ago. Nobody talks, nobody used that word anymore. So what happened there? Did it just disappear or did it become mainstream? Where would you go with something like that? So the early days of big data, it was just... All this data that organizations realized they were collecting, but were unable to understand how to gain value from. So what happened is there were a lot of open source technologies or not new solutions to market and companies that were, you know, financial services or healthcare or retail who always did some level of analytics were really the first to try to jump in. The challenge that happened was the technologies just weren't consumable by the average enterprise, meaning that there wasn't obvious business value and they didn't know where to start. So 
ultimately the market evolved and there are more single point solutions that are like very use case specific. So you don't really hear the term big data generically anymore. It's really more around like, okay, what am I trying to solve? What's my business? What's my vertical? Right. What's my use case? And there are point solutions for that, that you can use as a service off of public clouds like Amazon or Microsoft. So the complexities of trying to collect and manage and store all this data are now gone. It's really more around using these services in the cloud, which are much more like easily accessible, right? And so the market still exists. It just exists in a different light. <laughs> and that's really interesting because that is the, the kind of the core of what keeps happening in technology. You know, it starts goes one way and then it, it gets more mainstream and people figure it out and then people start using it. And that, that's your world. That's where you live. It's constant change. Jeff, what, what industries are you working in? What, who, you know, what the transformation from into digital, what industries do you see going first? I mean, obviously banking, insurance, some have done it for quite a while now and some are just getting into it. What's your, where, where do you see the action right now? Yeah, well, what's interesting is it's not vertically focused. We're past the early adopter phase into where almost everybody's doing something. And COVID did kind of force that issue a little bit, you know, just kind of the way, you know, organizations operate. So think about, you know, legacy organizations that all of a sudden had to set up curbside pickup or digital services. Right. Now they have to, you know, had to build new applications for. It's a different way of operating and they really had to find new mechanisms to do that. So we typically work with Fortune 500 organizations, both the early adopters and those that are just getting into it. What I would say is it's still early innings for all of them, even those that have been into it for a while. It's really? a long, hard journey. And yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting. Like we work with some major brands, you would recognize all the names and they're really still pretty early at this. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a, it's a long process. It's a, there's a lot of uh, interesting challenges in front of that. Yeah. So we typically work with, with all of them often where we get called in or, or what I call the day two challenges of, Hey, we know what we want to do. We bought some technology, we incorporated it, but our adoption level is zero. We're not getting the business value we want. Can you help us? And that's ultimately where we help is like, we call it, you know, we call it day two, but it's that operational side of the business. How do I really incorporate this and have a meaningful impact to my business and, and allow, you know, have it scale across that, that, that company. Organizations of all size fail at that. And there are a variety of reasons for that. But that's where you see these, you know, statistics of like 85, 80 some percent of digital innovation and digital transformation initiatives fails because of like that challenge, right? It's not enough to just buy some technology. It's how do I scale that? How do I adopt it? How do I manage that? And an ongoing, that really is is kind of what we're uh, tend to get pulled in on. Gotcha, gotcha. So, what piece of advice would you give somebody? Let's say as, as they're maybe just starting to say, you know what, we've got a great idea, but it's going to require us to to become digital with a new new offering in the cloud. We've never done that before. What advice would you give a company? Yeah, so the advice I give is that there's no silver bullet to this whole process, and it is a process. It's not an event. So take that small win and build upon it. But invariably, what has to happen is it's an ongoing process. What we see is there's an initial wave of success within organizations with technology. When they first bring something in, there's an initial use case or something that happens. 
invariably people go back to their day job, other priorities pull them in other directions, and it kind of goes silent, right? It doesn't really gain any momentum. So we have, you know, what we recommend in our process with customers is to have, you know, minimum of a what we call our quarterly fixed agenda meeting, which is we have all the stakeholders from all the right business, because you're never really going to break down the silos that exist within groups. But if you have everyone having a seat at the table, we have more of a chance of success. And it's ultimately, what are we going to take chunks? What are we going to accomplish this quarter? And then we hold them accountable to that to make sure that happened. And if it didn't, you know, why not? And we have a maturation scale. We, we call it RPT elements. We, you know, it's branding, but, <laughs> but we have customers sure. who grade them. Like, how are you maturing with this technology? Not just from a technology standpoint, but from a process standpoint, from an enablement standpoint of your process or your people. The culture is not something you can control. It's just something that comes along for the ride as success happens. And, and so ultimately, that's what we recommend is like, take the wins, build upon that momentum, and don't expect that it's a set it and forget it type solution. It just doesn't exist. And that's, I think, sometimes that lack of patience. And I, I, it, that's all I say. It's patience and persistence. Like there's, and that's organizations don't have time. They're accountable. Things have to happen. You're trying to keep the lights on of the business that exists as it is today. So there's a lot of those challenges. I get it. It's not easy, but that's that process that's consistent and repeatable is what we find works. It's not rocket science. It's just, it's discipline. <laughs> discipline and get ready for the long haul. Yeah, that's right. great advice. Great advice. Thanks for sharing that. Thanks. This is a, this is a question I'm... <laughs> I mean, there's so many people predicting what's going to happen, but if we just focus on what we've been talking about, not the cloud in general, but, but this ability of enterprises to successfully adopt it, transform, get into it, where do you see things going in five years? Yeah, I think the biggest challenge that I kind of personally look at is the labor challenge. The reality is there's, I don't care if it's Google, Amazon, Riverpoint Technology, or whatever company you want to name. Sophion, yeah, right. They all have the same problem, right? Not enough people, we do. it's too expensive, and it and it inhibits our growth, inhibits the ability to get to the have the success we want. So I'm really interested in the phenomenon around, like, you know, I saw you were at IBM in the past, like they coined the term digital labor, right? It's their playoff Watson, but like, how do we really, and I always tell my team, like the way we build our solutions and our intellectual property is like, we can't scale our business with labor and our customers can't either. So how do we make this, how do we allow them to be successful, get more with what they have and or yeah. less? And that's ultimately where I see the industry going is like challenging that. And it could be through things like robotic process automation. How do we automate manual tasks that exist today? That happens in, in, in groups like you know HR or accounting, but it doesn't really happen in IT or technology other than like help desk functions, things like that. So it's really taking that, that, you know, AI, RPA, whatever acronym you want to pick world and like upskilling that into like a, a skilled labor kind of market. That's where I think, you know, things are going to go just because of the, the labor shortage that exists and persists. <laughs> I think will for some time. Yeah. That, that old expression, necessity is the mother of invention just popped into my head when you were talking and, and labor is a big problem. It's going to, it's going to, it's going to force things to, uh, to be invented. Yeah. I mean, it's going to have to, it's just, that's where I see most of our customers struggle is 
you know, not enough in the, in, a, in, you know, what you hear is like 40% of your customers will change jobs this year. That's very true for yeah. us. Like our customers and our huge brands, people are leaving, moving organizations. Like there's teams that we work with two years ago are completely different than they are today in terms of because people left and new people came in. It's right. a very hard challenge for, you know, organizations to, to manage and, and get to the level of success and that they want to have with transforming digitally. Well, at least we know there are great challenges for your company and my company to work on. It's, <laughs> it's right, just yeah. not like we're at the not end of the road problem. here. Yeah, not, a, not an easy problem, but, but, but great opportunity out there. Well, Jeff, this has been a fantastic discussion. I'm sure glad you, you stopped by. Any, any last uh, comments that maybe, I, uh, Paul, you should have asked me about this or any last things you'd like to say before we kind of close it up? I, mean, I appreciate the questions. I think we hit a lot of it. I mean, I, what I would tell the audience is, you know, keep, stick to it. Persistence and patience is what we see to ultimately have success. But it's a fun field. It, it keeps things interesting. You know, they say technologies like fashion, it always changes and it does. And that's, to me, that's exciting. It's a great field to be in. So um, just, you know, and, and one of the concepts of my book is to help technologists elevate, you know, not just the organization, but their own career. Like, how do you get out of the silo of just being, the manager of one piece of tech. How do you really incorporate the business into that and, and become a you know more advanced technologist to help your own career? You know, those are the kind of things I would say is like I see sometimes I see technologists become, you know, tech bigots to one vendor or whatever. And I'm like, that's just not the way the world is anymore, right? Like it's just not you can't really sit and uh, get pigeonholed like that. So, you know, be be persistent well said. And stay out in front of it. When do you have a, this is, this is a difficult question. I know many authors and, and, and things change, but do you have a rough time frame for your book? Yeah, we're open Q4. I think everything's done at this point. So we're in final oh, uh, good. editing phases. And so, yeah, so I think within the next month we'll, we'll be about, it's called value creation right. technology and we'll uh, be on Amazon, of course, but yeah, appreciate the plug. Well, we'll keep, we'll keep an eye out for it. You bet. Yeah. You bet. I'm anxious to learn more about about it. So this will be fun. It'll be a fun read. So Jeff, I know you're out on LinkedIn. If people want to kind of just follow you or connect with you, is that the best way? Or would you send them to your website? Or or what's how how do people follow what you're doing? Yeah, absolutely. LinkedIn is 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 the obvious one, and our website Riverpoint Technology with a Y dot com. Pretty long domain, but it's it, that that's we just updated it, and we're. Continually adding to it, it's it's we, as I said, we we focus on emerging technology, so we we tend to be on the front edge of things that are happening. Sometimes that's good, sometimes not not so good, but <laughs> that's our life. So there's always it's always good content to to educate around, with, you know, in, in any capacity. So I'd love to connect from there. Great, great. Well, we'll put those links in our show notes, and so people can just click them that way. But Jeff, again, thanks for stopping by. It's been a real pleasure. Let's let's touch base again. I want to maybe after your book gets out and you get some feedback on it. I'd be curious to hear how that goes. Yeah, so am I. But yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Paul. All right. Have a great week, Jeff. You too. And to you, our listeners, thanks for joining. I, I hope you found that as interesting as I did. There's a lot to unpack in there. And uh, do keep an eye out for Jeff's book. It sounds like it's going to be a good one. I wish you all a great week ahead. Thanks for joining us. Take care, everybody. Bye for now. Thanks for joining us this week for Innovation Talks with Paul Heller. If you enjoyed the show, please like and subscribe on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple, or wherever you listen to podcasts. For additional information on today's topic, check out sophion.com, S-O-P-H-E-O-N.com, 
where you will find plenty of innovation-centric content and corporate best practices. If you'd like to discuss anything with Paul or would like to get in touch with the show, email us at talks at sophion.com.